Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to a very bittersweet episode here at Everyday Truth as we wind up our study of the book of Jeremiah. Always feel as if I'm saying goodbye to a really old friend uh, when we get to the end of a book study, but I want to thank each one of you for being so faithful, not only in this book study, Jeremiah, but also all year long as we conclude our Everyday Truth podcast for 2023 Just want to say how appreciative I am to each one of you for listening, for being faithful uh, to the podcast, more importantly, being faithful to the Lord and to His Word. I have a postcard from Gloria Gray, and Gloria, you heard about the podcast through the Yost family, and the connection there in the military, I'm sure, sent a great little picture of a beautiful bridge in Japan. It's been my privilege to be there in Japan. So thank you, Gloria, for listening and sending in the postcard. And you are our final postcard sender of 2023. Thank you for that. We're in Jeremiah chapter 52. And Jeremiah 52, the last chapter, is a bit of a summary of Jeremiah's ministry, or at least the the end of it. As we talk about Zedekiah, uh, the bad news about his demise and what happened in the fall of Jerusalem, and then a little bit of hope at the end of the chapter, and I love that about our Lord, is that in judgment, uh, there's always hope, and the Lord provides that for us. So let's dive in. Jeremiah chapter 52 Uh, Verse number one, Zedekiah was one and 20 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. So we we now well know the story about Zedekiah, who was the son of Josiah. He was set up as a puppet king by Nebuchadnezzar in 597 BC. And then he ruled for the next 11 years where ultimately he was uh, taken into captivity, as we shall see in this in this chapter, and we've already talked about it. So Zedekiah, remember, had a brother, Jehoiakim, who ruled until 597, and then uh, there was the son of Jehoiakim, who ruled for just three months. Uh, we His name was Jehoiakim, or sometimes called Coniah, or Jeconiah. And he was taken captive, remember, into Babylon at age 18. So his uncle, Zedekiah, who's only three years older than he, 21, began to reign. And his original name, Zedekiah's original name, was Mataniah. And it was actually Nebuchadnezzar that changed his name to to Zedekiah, interestingly. Now, you know the story. You know how Zedekiah just didn't listen to Jeremiah uh, just wanted to trust in the power of Egypt and ultimately paid for that lack of faith. And when the siege finally came, and we read about it in this chapter, when the siege finally came and the walls were breached and the Babylonian army came in, 
Zedekiah, along with some of his military officials and some of the high-ranking officials and his own family, they escaped through a diversionary process and ran out of Jerusalem, made their way through the lines of the Babylonians. Must have been a harrowing experience. And they actually got away with it. Uh, They were able to leave Jerusalem, able to make their way over the Mount of Olives, uh, make their way down, 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 down to the plains of Jericho. And no doubt they thought that they had gotten away with it. But alas, the Babylonian army chased them, captured them, and specifically brought Zedekiah and his princes and his family, and they stood before Nebuchadnezzar at a place called Riblah. Now, that must have been just a horrible experience. Why? Because Zedekiah had not been the good puppet king that Nebuchadnezzar had made him to be, and instead had relied upon the Egyptians and had rebelled himself, and now he has to face his judge in Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar is not kind to Zedekiah. First, he has all of the upper leadership of Judah executed, and Zedekiah sees this. And then Zedekiah has to watch his own sons be executed in front of him. Now think about it. At this point, Zedekiah is 32 years of age. So his sons, he's a young man. His sons, no doubt, were young. I mean, as a 32-year-old, how old can your children be? And so his sons are, are young Uh, Can you picture a little boy? Can you picture maybe a very young teenager? And now they're brought before you, the king. You know because of your disobedience, because of your lack of faith in God, now your family's going to pay this price. And the Bible says they are executed in front of, maybe even tortured. Uh, The word has uh, a deep meaning, the word to smite. And they're executed right in front of Zedekiah. And then... After he sees his own sons be executed, then they they gouge out his eyes. I can't even imagine the pain of that. And then he's put into bronze fetters, almost like a ceremonious uh, arrest. And he's brought back to Babylon, and there he dies many years later. So you talk about a sad story. That is a sad story. And sin always writes a sad story. The Bible goes on in chapter 52 to talk about Nebu. Let me see. I I always mispronounce his name. So let me just read it to you. Verse number 15. Then Nebuzaradan, he's the kind of the general for Nebuchadnezzar. uh, He comes into the city. And remember, we talked about how he gave Jeremiah uh, the choice to stay in Babylon and Jeremiah did. Remember, Nebuzaradan uh, took captive many of the people. And of course, many of the people he killed. The Bible says in this chapter, he presided over the destruction of Jerusalem, the breaking down of the walls that would not be rebuilt until years later by, by Nehemiah. And he burns the great Solomonic temple, that beautiful building of God. He steals uh, the, the, not steals, but confiscates uh, all of the, the booty of war, the spoils of war, uh, the, the bronze, the silver, the gold, uh, the artifacts of the temple, all of it takes it. I mean, what a, a horrible thing that must have been. This is about the time that Jeremiah is weeping, lamenting over the city, writing the book of Lamentations. 
And so Nebuzaradan is the one that is the, the mover and the shaker here of this whole process. The Bible says that the poor, the, the abjectly poor people of Judah are actually given a reprieve. About one-third of the population is allowed to stay in Judah among the ruins, among the rebel, uh, among the rubble, for, for what reason? So that somebody can be there to till the fields and to bring in the produce and to manage the vineyards, all for the benefit of Babylon, of course. So these are sad, sad days uh, for the nation of Judah. But I, I want to show you a ray of sunshine at the end of the book of Jeremiah. Would you look at verse number 31 of of Jeremiah chapter 52. So Jeremiah 52 and verse 31. The Bible says, And it came to pass in the seven and thirtieth year of the captivity of Jehoiakim. So now the book of Jeremiah does not end with Zedekiah, but it ends with Jehoiakim, which is interesting. So Jehoiakim is the grandson of good King Josiah, the son of Jehoiakim, as an 18-year-old, after having reigned for just three months, he was brought into captivity back in 597 by Nebuchadnezzar and put into prison. And for 37 years, so 37 plus 18 is 55. So at age 55, something special happened in Jehoiakim's life as he's in prison in captivity. So this would be about the middle of the captivity. So 560 BC, Nebuchadnezzar is now dead. Daniel's still living and Ezekiel is still living and the people are living in the captivity, but uh, Babylon is still in power and Cyrus has not issued any decree for the people to come back. It's the middle of the captivity. And watch what happens. Verse number 31, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the 12th month, in the five and 20th day of the month. Now I know this is different than are the way we do our solar calendar, the lunar calendar, the months were different. But isn't that interesting? December 25th would be our 12th month and 25th day. It would be Christmas day. Now I understand it's not that day here, but I find that interesting. The Bible says evil Merodach, king of Babylon. So this is the son of Nebuchadnezzar, who's now dead. So now a new king is reigning in Babylon, evil Merodach. The Bible says in the first year of his reign, so this is something he's wanted to do, but he hasn't had the opportunity until he has the power. So in the first year of his reign, he lifted up the head of Jehoiakim. So to lift up the head means to give hope to. In this case, he gave hope to Coniah by taking him out of prison. You see that in verse number 31? He brought him forth out of prison and he spake kindly unto him. He set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon. He gave him a position of prestige and honor. He changed his prison garments. So he gave him new clothes and kingly royal robes. And he did continually eat bread before him. He's now eating at the king's table all the days of his life. And for his diet, there was a continual diet given him of the king of Babylon. So he's eating the best foods. Every day, a portion until the day of his death, all the days of his life. So here's a 55-year-old defeated king who has been brought from Judah, a picture of the domination of Babylon, and yet grace is shown to him in the middle of this captivity. And I think that 
this one instance is a good harbinger of a good presage of the fact that God is there and God cares. And this is a little token of the cap of the captivity's end, a little token of what's to come, that God is honoring his promise to David, the David's seed. He is honoring his promise to Abraham and Abraham's seed. And although there are times of chastisement, and although the day of release and return is still future, God is at work in little ways. God is at work showing grace. God is at work. And that's true in your life. And that's true in mine. It's a hard truth, the book of Jeremiah, a hard truth. But we serve a good God, a good God that gives us hope for the future. Now, I don't want you to quit everyday truths. A new year brings a brand new book, and we're starting the book of Romans, The Power of the Gospel. Can't wait to get there. So I'll see you January 1st. We'll start our brand new year of everyday truth. Until then, God bless you, my friends. Have a great day in the Lord. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy everyday truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.